Hallelujah today. Hallelujah. Take your Bibles. Take your Bibles. Remain standing for just a moment. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter number 6. Luke chapter number 6. We're going to read uh, just one verse. One verse and then I'll let you sit down today. Isn't the Lord good? If you're breathing air, the Lord is good. The Bible says, let all that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. He lets you wake up today. Listen, give you air to breathe. Thank God we've got an air-conditioned building to worship Him in. Padded seats to sit in. And a good choir to listen to. Amen. God's been good to Temple. He really has. And I thank God for that. Today we're, we're going to finish up a message that we started last week on the five ingredients to a great marriage. Or the five ingredients to a great relationship. If you're not married, uh, this works for other relationships also. Friendships, that type of thing. But five ingredients to a great marriage. Nobody ever should settle for good. Nobody. Nobody should settle for good when great is available. Amen? And so we want to we share those things today. Let's look in Luke chapter number 6, and we'll read one verse, Luke verse, uh, verse number 38. Luke 6, verse 38. If you found your spot, say amen. It says in verse 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. What's that first word? Give. Say it with me. Say it again. Give. I know some of you are wondering, I've never heard anybody preach a marriage sermon out of that verse. Amen? Give. Give. It's not just talking about money. A lot of times we use that, 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 that application uh, that, that, you know, you give money, it will be given back to you. But how about respect? How about love? Give love. How about, how about mercy and forgiveness? I need some of that. Say amen. Give and it shall be given unto you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love and your kindness today. Use your word to build us. Use your word to break us. Use your word to bless us. Lord, I pray that you'll use your word to make us what you want us to be. Form us into your image and use us to be a blessing to others. And God, will thank you for all that you've done and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Last week, just as a way of reminder, uh, the first two issues that we talked about, the first two things that we said that every relationship needs, every every marriage needs. First, it starts out without question, with, with no doubt about it, no doubt about it. The very most important thing that we need to have in the center of our relationships, in the center of our marriages, is Jesus Christ. Say amen. Christ must be the center of everything. Christ must be the head of our home. Christ must be the center of our will. Not our will, but his will be done. Amen. Put Christ First, the family that prays together stays together. Amen. Put Christ first. Secondly, we said that it's very, very important that a family communicates. We've got to communicate. We cannot clam up 
We cannot hush up. We cannot give the cold shoulder. We've got to communicate. We've got to be able to share our thoughts. We've got to be able to share our minds without humiliation, without embarrassment, without somebody really ridiculing what you are saying, what you are thinking. You've got to have the freedom to be able to communicate and share your heart. Say amen right there. Communication is so important. Communication is real critical. Then, thirdly, today I want to start out with this. We have to have not only Christ, we have to have communication, but thirdly, if you're taking notes, write this down, there must be cooperation. Cooperation, write that word down, cooperation. You say, why did you start with the word with this verse on giving? Because, listen, marriage and the relationship is always about giving. It's not about taking. Marriage and love is about giving. For God so loved the world that he took. Is that what the Bible says? No. For God so loved the world that he, come on now, that he, he gave. Greater love is no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. What is he saying? He gave his life for his friends. There's no greater love than that. Love is about giving. But what takes place is while we're dating, while we're courting or whatever you did, dated or courted, however you've done it, listen, it was all about giving. It was all about giving a good first impression. It was all about giving to woo that person to your side and woo that person and to win them over to you. And then you stood in front of a preacher or a judge or whoever and they put a golden band on your finger, a chemical imbalance took place and now it's all about taking. Before it was what can I do for you? What can I give you? What can I, what can I, what can I? Now it's what have you done for me lately? Every, every couple that usually comes, not everyone, most couples that come into my office, this is, this is what, what I usually hear. Well, she doesn't make me happy anymore, or she doesn't fulfill me, or the other, he doesn't, he just, we just don't have, and it, he just, she doesn't meet my need. What, when, when was it about that? Love is about giving. Love is about contributing. It's not 50-50. We had a wedding yesterday, stood right here right on this little circle right here, and I looked them both eyeball to eyeball, and I want them to see me, and I'm telling you, I said this, it's not you give 50% and you give 50%. It's you give 100% and you give 100%. You spend the rest of your life doing everything you can to communicate your love to him, and you do the rest of your life to communicate your love to her, and you will live happily ever after. But you cannot get this mode where I'm waiting on her to do something for me or I'm waiting on him to do something for me because it'll never work that way. God did not design the relationship to work that way. God did not design. Listen, it's the same principle in the church. God designed the relationship so that in order for the husband to have his needs met, he must meet the needs of his wife. In order for the wife to have her needs met, she must meet the needs of her husband. You say, how do we do that? I'm glad you asked. Everybody, everybody grew up different. Everybody grew up different. Usually, the husband and wife grew up different. Now, I grew up like leave it to beaver. I did. I'm, I'm, I'm the beaver, amen? I, I, I had 
mom and dad at home and, and dad worked. Mom stayed home. She was a stay-at-home mom, cooked and cleaned. Supper was ready when dad got. I mean, the, I, we could have made a, a movie. I'm telling you, it was it just exactly like that. Conservative, just everything you can imagine. The typical whatever, that's what we were. Uh, and, and here we go, you know, dad comes in the door, you know, Wilma. No, that's Fred Flintstone. I mean, that's a different one. But it was more like Flintstones than it was the other. But anyhow, uh, that's how I was raised. That's how I grew up. That's what I saw modeled in front of me. Well, my wife, she was, she, she was raised completely different. Her life was completely the total opposite of mine. She was, she was uh, uh, the, the child of a single parent, and, uh, and, 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 and pretty much she grew up with her grandmother. And uh, her life was totally different than mine. What she saw was totally different than what I saw. Her, her grandmother was the type of person that when you go, when you, and she still is, when you go sit in her house, where's that, do you need something to drink? Do you need a sandwich? Do you need a pillow to put your feet on? I mean, she's always doing stuff for you. And Tammy grew up watching somebody do stuff, do stuff, do stuff, do stuff. And to her, you communicate love by doing stuff. Now, Gary Chapman wrote an awesome book called The Five Love Languages. Every single human being ought to have to read that in order to get into heaven. Because, I'm serious, listen, it is so important that you be able to understand the love language of your spouse so you can communicate it. There's five different love languages. One is acts of service. One is words of affirmation. One is quality time. One, and by the way, if you're writing these down, just get the book. It'll help you. Amen. Uh, Quality time. uh, Physical touch. And and, uh, help me, what, what did I miss? Receiving gifts. I would forget that one. Amen. Receiving gifts. Uh, Receiving gifts. Now, my wife grew up watching, modeled in front of her, acts of service. So guess what her love language is? Acts of service. I could go and I could buy a dozen roses and a box of chocolates and come home, and she would appreciate it. But if I wash the dishes, I'm the Mac Daddy. Say amen. It's amazing what a, a bottle of Dawn dishwashing liquid does for my wife. Amen. It's incredible. I, I come home. My, my deal. My deal is is uh, to you know take the guys. I'm supposed to take the garbage out to the road on Friday, and I don't never remember. I don't know why. I'm, it's just I, my my brain don't work all the time, and I don't know. Well, one particular night I come in. And uh, it was like early Friday morning, late Thursday night. I've been coon hunting, and, and I pulled up, and I saw them. I saw the, the ch- I said, you know what? I need to get them things to the road. So I got them all, got it all out to the road, and, and, uh, and, and you know, got in, got in bed and everything. Well, the next morning I woke up, and uh, I wasn't really, I wasn't really awake awake, but I was awake enough to know she was awake going down the hallway. And it dawned on me what she was doing. She just knew I forgot again to take the trash out, so she was going down there to take the trash out before the, before the garbage man got there. Well, I heard the door shut, and I'm, I, I, I need to say, I got that. But I'm too asleep. You know, I'm, I'm, I know what she's doing, but I can't wake up enough, so I, well, I hear the door shut in a few minutes, I heard the door, and she ran down the hallway, jumped on the bed and said, you took the trash out. I said, baby, amen. <laughs> what I'm talking about. To her, I didn't take the trash out. To her, I just said, I love you. One day, and we don't always get it good and right. One day, 
I learned that her love language was this, so I went in the kitchen. She was up uptown, and I cleaned the whole kitchen. I'm talking about the whole kitchen. Ladies, y'all appreciate this. I washed, dried, and put away the dishes. I need a witness. I'm talking about the whole deal. The Trinity, wash, dry, put away. Amen? I had the whole thing. I mean, I wiped down the counters. I mopped the floors. I wiped the stove. I'm talking about everything. Son, I'm going to get brownie points out of this one here. Now, my, my love language is words of affirmation. And, and, and I like it when she says sweet things to me or write notes to me. And I still got notes she's written me. And it, boy, it just cranks my tractor. Say amen. And I'm just thinking, boy, when she sees this, oh, boy, when she sees this. And so I got it all done, and, and I went outside and was mowing the grass. And I'm mowing, I'm excited. I can't wait for her to get home. She's going to come home. And I see her coming. I said, oh, boy. I'm mowing the grass. I'm mowing the grass. And she goes in the house and waits a few minutes. So I make sure and turn the mower toward there <laughs> so I can see. And I'm coming. And the door flies open and she comes outside. And I'm waiting in great anticipation of words of affirmation. And she says, do you want a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, I cleaned the whole kitchen so you could make me a sandwich. That's what I want, a sandwich. What did, what did she just do? She spoke her love language to me. But it wasn't my language. Amen. <laughs> now, I know y'all think I'm not going anywhere with this, but this is the deal. Until you learn to communicate love in such a way that your spouse feels it, it don't count. You can say it all you want to say it. She could have made every sandwich in the cupboard for me, and it wouldn't have made me feel anything. Because that's not what I saw modeled growing up and here's the point some of y'all are living together and it's not that you don't love each other you don't understand each other you don't understand how to communicate your love to the other person because when i'm sitting here communicating one thing you're communicating another thing you're speaking chinese i'm speaking portuguese it's a wonder why we're fighting all the time hello i'll ask one first i said sir do you love her well yeah i love her ma'am do you love him yeah i love him I said, ma'am, do you when, when he says he loves you, do you feel it? No. Sir, do you when she says she loves do you feel it? No. And the problem is not that they don't. They're not, they're not communicating in such a way that they feel it. Now here's the deal. I said all that to say this. Most of the time, God puts two different people together on purpose. Do you know what my least favorite of all those five love languages to do? Acts of service. I hate washing dishes. I hate it. I despise it. I don't even like dishes. I had to wash so many growing up. Dad was no respecter of persons. He'd put Mindy on the mower and me and Joe washing dishes. It, he didn't care. Whatever, he, he was just whatever. It, it, the, whatever job was there and whoever was closest to him at the time, that's the job you got. Amen. But I, I, I don't like doing that. I don't like doing that. But see, it's a choice that I make. 
Because when I want to show her I love her, I do something for her. An act of service to say, hey, I love you. I love you. And her the same way with me. Here's the deal. Most couples come together in the marriage relationship with infatuation. It's not love. It's infatuation. Your heart flutters. I mean, it's all excited. You see that person, you get all excited. That goes away quick. Admit it. It's okay. Infatuation. They say, experts say that it usually lasts up to a year and a half to two years. Guess how long most marriages last? A year and a half to two years. You know why? Because all of a sudden they wake up one day, that infatuation is gone, and they look over, and this is what they say, I've lost that love and feeling. You know what? It was never love to begin with. It was infatuation. You cannot, here's the, here's the, here's the good news though, guys. You cannot really love somebody till the infatuation period is over. Because when the infatuation period is over, it's not about the feeling anymore. It's about the choice. And love is always about a choice. You are making a decision to take that person, receive that person, accept that person in sickness and in health and, 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 and richer or poor, no matter what, you're taking them. That is love. Not because she's uh, a hot, not because he's handsome, not because, no, you are choosing to love that person just like they are. That's when real, but guess what, guys? Guess what it takes to have that kind of love? Work. It don't take much work when you're infatuated. They can be different. <laughs> and you don't even see it. Love is blind. Say amen. Man, like I said last week, man said love's blind, but marriage is an eye opener. Amen. It is. But when that when you're in love, you don't see all those things. When you're infatuated, you don't see all those things. You don't see all the mistakes. You don't see all the weaknesses. You don't see all the, the negative aspects. All your friends do, but you don't. And all of a sudden, one day that infatuation goes away, and now you've got to choose to love that person. Now you've got to choose to find and know the other person and work at it. Give. I don't like doing deeds of service, but if I want her to know that I love her, and guess what? When she knows I don't like it, but I do it anyhow, that makes her feel that much loved even more. She, she, don't like, she don't like doing words of affirmation. She's so modest, it's ridiculous. I mean, she just gets all tongue-tied and shy, and she don't like saying that stuff, but, but she knows that it does something for me. So she makes an effort to go out of her comfort zone to give so I'll feel loved. Now, if you're too selfish... And you're too stubborn to learn what it, may, what it is that makes your wife feel loved and appreciated and adored. You'll never have a great relationship. It's about giving. It's always been about giving. God designed it that way so that in order for you to have your needs met, you have to meet somebody else's needs. So we would not become selfish and we would stay Christ-like, which is humble and giving. Why do you think all those kids that went on that mission trip, they didn't go to Six Flags, they didn't go ride a roller coaster, they didn't go to the mountains and stay in a cabin, they went to a hell hole and served a whole week in sweat and heat. I mean, they worked hard and left incredibly blessed because they went to serve. They went to give. 
And any time you do that, God will give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Somebody say amen. So what is the third thing? Cooperation. It's about time to start giving. It's about time to, listen, put yourself in the back seat and quit having to be first. Quit having to have your own way and saying, what can I do to meet your needs? You'd be amazed at how many of your needs will be met when you start meeting their needs. Say amen. See, then we, we see not only cooperation, but, but number, number four, number four, Christ, communication, cooperation, number four. I want you to write this down. I, I, I had these before. I had all this stuff I'm giving you before, and I, I would share this in marriage counseling. And after a while of, of, of a lot of marriage counseling, I added one, and this is the one I added. Conflict resolution. Write that down. Conflict resolution. Always remember this. There is no such thing as a marriage without conflict. Just put that in the back of your mind and remember that all the days of your life. There is no such thing as a marriage without conflict. When you have a man and you have a woman living under the same house, you got to understand there shall be, in second hesitation, it's written, conflict in the house. Amen. Now, if some of y'all are looking at that in your Bible, I was just kidding. There's no second hesitation. Amen. Where is that in the, no, I'm let me tell you what a man said. Bible says, the Bible says it's the wisest man ever to live. Wisest man ever lived, Solomon. Now, I'm not real sure about that, that statement right there because he had 1,000 women, 700 wives, and, 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 and 300 concubines. 1,000 women. After being with 1,000 women, this is what he come up with. This was his conclusion. Proverbs 25, 24. It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. I need a witness, men. He said a wide house, amen. I'd rather be on the roof. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Every relationship is going to have some sort of conflict. You just are. Just deal with it. It's not about, oh, I wish I was like so-and-so over there in the church. No, you don't. No, you don't. Every, say this with me. Everybody goes home. They may look like Ken and Barbie here, but at home is G.I. Joe and James, amen. Everybody goes home. Everybody has issues. Everybody has conflict. But let me tell you something. What makes the difference between good marriages or great marriages and poor marriages is the people with great marriages learned, and it's learned, they learned how to deal with conflict. Are y'all with me? Let me give you some hints. On uh, we're gonna learn, we're gonna learn how to have a good fight. Say amen. How many of y'all like to learn how to have a good fight? Now I didn't say learn how to fight good. All right. I want to learn how to have a good fight because you're gonna have them, whether you call them that or not. I don't care what you call them. You're gonna have them. So let's learn how to have a good one. All right. Y'all, y'all with me? Y'all for quiet today? Y'all under conviction or something? What is the deal? Help me now. All right, here's the deal. If we're going to have a good fight, if we're going to learn how to resolve conflict in a matter that, that is going to bring out a blessing and not a, not a curse, amen, here's the first thing we got to do. We've got to learn to get, A, the total 
picture. The total picture. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, 24, it is better to dwell in the, or excuse me, no, Proverbs 18, 13. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. In other words, if you start running your mouth before you get the whole story, shame on you. How many arguments have we gotten into or, or, or made worse because we come into this situation not knowing the full content of the matter and we run our mouth about stuff we don't know what we're talking about. We're dipping and dabbing and don't know what's happening. And it made it worse. Are y'all with me? It's kind of like the man went into the restaurant. I said bar in the early thirds, but it's restaurant, amen. It was, he went in the restaurant and uh, the guy behind the counter, he walks up and says, sir, do you have anything for hiccups? And the guy reached behind the counter and grabbed a towel and went, wham, I mean right across the face. Popped him right across the face. And he said, sir, how's your hiccups now? He said, man, I ain't got them. My wife in the car has got them. <laughs> now, what happened? He didn't get the total. Now, men, before you start whining and hollering at your wife for how much she spent at the grocery store, you better make sure you understood what you was out of before y'all went. Don't ask me how I know that. Because if you do, you won't get your frosted place the next time, amen? Somehow they'll be forgotten off the list, amen? Am I right, guys? Listen, before you begin to discuss it, before you give your two cents, make sure, make sure you know the whole story. Make sure you know the details of the situation because many times we'll get all the way into this deal and we're like, you know, I didn't know that part. This happens a lot in finances because one or the other, one or the other leaves everything to the other, and this one over here is in the dark because they choose to be. If you're in the dark about your finances, you choose to be because you don't want the hassle of worrying about sending off the bills and the payments and all that, and you think that there's this amount of money in the bank, but the other person knows there ain't because they done spent on the bills and all this other stuff. Well, when, when this one says, no, we can't get that or we can't buy that because we don't have that, then this one blows its top. Why don't we? I just put such and such and such and such in the bank, and, and here we go. Well, well, let me tell you, and go down the list. Oh, I didn't know that. You see what I'm saying? Get the whole picture, total picture. If we're going to have a good fight, you got to have the total picture. Say that with me. A, the total picture. I'm going to give you a key to each one. I'm going to give you a key to each one. If we're going to get the total picture, here's the key you got to listen. Sometimes you just got to be quiet and listen. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Listen. If we're going to get the total picture, listen. B, if we're going to have a good fight, we got to get the total picture. B, if we're going to have a good fight, timing is everything. Timing is everything. I had learned this a hard way after years in a relationship that even though it might be the right thing to say, it may be the wrong time to say it. Y'all with me? When veins are bulging and eyes are red, wrong time. If I'm mad, wrong time. Because usually when I'm mad, I want to I wanna fight for my side of the deal. And if I'm mad, I'm right. I don't care what you say. Y'all with me? 
Now, don't y'all act like y'all a bunch of angels out there. Y'all need to change them looks I'm getting right here. Timing is everything. There may be something that you said that would have been the right thing to say and okay to say if you'd have just said it at the right time. Now, some of y'all are thinking, well, you need to quit this psychology and get to the Bible. Let me give you a Bible verse on that. Proverbs 15, 23. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. That means at the right time. How good is it? Well, I need to say it. Well, chill out a little bit, cool off, and then, and then you can say it. You'll never solve a problem unless you have three things. You're cool, calm, and collected. You can never solve a problem unless you stay cool, calm, and collected. If you're emotionally distraught and you're running crazy and you're, 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 your blood pressure sky high, you, you might as well just chill out, get an ice cream, and wait. Let one take a shower and one take a drive. Whatever you got to do, and then come back together and then solve the issue. Amen? Timing. Listen, we said the total picture. What's the key? Listen. Say it with me. What's the key? Listen. Timing, we got to linger. Sometimes you need to wait to solve the problem. Sometimes you just need to take a chill pill. Linger. Just wait. Then see. This is so important. In order to have a good, good fight, you've got to have the total picture. You've got to have the right timing. And then the right tone. T-O-N-E. Tone. Tone is everything, is it not? The Bible says in Proverbs 15, verse 1, a soft answer, what kind of answer? A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. I was in, uh, I don't know what grade it was. What grade is it when you, when you do a multiplication table? You got multiplication cards? Third grade? Fourth grade? I probably did it in kindergarten, but I'm just kidding, I'm uh, uh, well, anyhow, we, we the class I was in, they had the they had the, the multiplication cards, and they, we had a little game going. And if you if you got a certain amount right, you beat the person. You know, you you, you said it faster than the person beside you. You had to write them out. Then uh, you'd get an ice cream, and man, I was on a roll, buddy. I was rocking. I was going through them. And there was one little fellow that, that, that wasn't real sharp, uh, and 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 he's a little different. And and we was there, and and I said it first, and they gave it to him. Now, that didn't sit well with me because I was very competitive even at an early age, amen? And I was one away from my ice cream. They made it worse. But I got mad. I'm telling you, son, I was furious. I was so mad. I, I mean, I was ready. I, my, my teeth were clenched. My, my fists, I was ready. I had tears coming down my eyes. I was so mad. I know. And, man, I'm telling you, I'm giving them my argument. And Miss Brenda Buckner, she's the greatest teacher ever known to man. She's in the Teacher's Hall of Fame in heaven one day. When she gets there, it's going to be crowns of glory. Say amen. She took me outside. She took me outside the room because, I mean, it was on. Perry Mason had never given a better argument than what I was doing right there. I was mad. I was, you know what it is. How, and I, I mean, I'm loud and I'm mad and I'm ready to just, and, and, and this is what she said. Malcolm, it's okay. But, you know, it, it's okay. It's okay. But no, you, you, you heard it. You was there. You was there. I, I, baby, it's okay. It's all right. And I went, 
Okay, okay. I was so mad I want to wring somebody's neck. And she just kept responding with a soft answer. And that soft answer just calmed me right down. Here's the point. Most of us, when we get into an argument, we get bad mood. Here's the key to the tone. Lower. Time to turn down the volume. If you want to make it worse, get loud. We think we get smarter when we get louder. And it, it's, it's, it works the opposite. Amen? Bring the, bring the volume down. It's amazing to me that we think our spouse, when we start arguing, they can't hear us anymore. Let me speak where you can understand what I'm saying. You know, I think they understand what you're saying. Tone. What's the key to the tone? Come on, y'all. Lower. We're going to have fun in group this week, ain't we? Lower. Then, D. How do we have a good fight? Total picture. Say it with me. Total picture. Come on, y'all. Get with me. Total picture. B, timing. C, then D, temperature. Temperature. The key to the total picture is listen. The key to timing is linger. The key to the tone is lower. The key to temperature is lighten. Some of y'all just need to chill out. You need to lighten up. If he doesn't want cheese on his hamburger, that's none of your business. It's not a big deal. All right? If, if, if she chooses not to have mushrooms in her salad, that's her salad. How many of y'all know people argue over the dumbest stuff and make a big deal out of nothing? Nothing. I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you have, I don't know why, I don't want, don't worry about it. Hello? I must I must be just drilling y'all today. Amen. Lighten up. It's not and I'm preaching to me. I, I I've gotten irritated at Dan for some stuff, and then I got to think about, well, that was dumb. But do you see the devil will magnify small things. And we make a big deal out of it, and it's not worth it. Here's the deal. Remember this. If the response to the action is greater than the action, the problem increases. But if the response to the action is less than the action, the problem decreases. Jordan did something the other day. And, uh, and uh, any other time, in my younger days, I'd have blowed a gasket. I mean, it it, it had just it had been hor horrific and bad and, and everything, and uh, and uh, I just looked at her and I just, you goober. <laughs> now she don't know this, but I walked away. <coughs> I mean, on the inside, and you know what? Everything turned out all right. 
I learned I didn't have to I didn't have to blow up for anything that and and see we didn't have a family feud the rest of the week or some of us our reaction to something is way bigger than what the deal was. We wonder why we can't get along. Amen? Let me give you three little hints and we'll pray. How do we do this? How do we make sure the reaction is less than the action? Number one, let the past remain in the past. Let the past remain in the past. A man told his buddy at work, said, Boy, the other day my wife got historical on me. You mean hysterical? No, she got historical. She brought up all kind of stuff. You can't do that. How can we ever solve today's problems if you keep dragging up yesterday's? Amen? Let the past remain in the past. Two, this is really important. Never let the situation be more important than the relationship. Guys, this is an ego thing with us. We got to win. We got to win this argument. If you win in the argument is more important than relationship, you don't deserve a relationship. Never let the re- never let the situation be more important than the relationship. That's an ego problem. Amen. Then here's really, 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 really important that solves everything when it comes to having a good fight. Admit wrongdoing and ask for forgiveness. It would blow your mind if you really understood the power of two words. I'm sorry. Genuine, in reality, I'm sorry. You would get along so much better if you practice those two words. Church, say amen. The last C, and I'll just tell you, you can write it down and we'll close. We need Christ. We need communication. We need cooperation. We need conflict resolution. And then lastly, we just need old-fashioned commitment. Commitment. What God has put together, let no man pull asunder. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Listen, guys, don't quit too soon. Don't let divorce be in your dictionary. Hang in there. Hang in there. It'll be worth it. Billy Graham's wife said this. She said, so many couples miss out because they quit too soon. Because they quit too soon. Commitment. Say these these with me. Five of them, y'all. Say these with me. Christ, communication, uh, cooperation. Uh, conflict resolution, commitment. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for the